Blog Talk Radio. You come home, sir, been working all day. You need a nurse to take those eggs away. Miss Fred is gonna fix you. She says the show must go on. She has entrusted me to leave the show tonight. So unfortunately, it will be a little bit weird not having the host, but the show must go on. And we are in for a really big treat today because we have Miss Freddie. You just heard what Miss Freddie is. You got a little taste of Miss Freddie right there. As Pittsburgh's Lady of the Blues, Miss Freddie keeps the blues alive in her hometown. Miss Freddie began singing in church at a young age, and the influences of church and her mother's love of blues music gave Miss Freddie the foundation to venture in the world of blues music in 1996. She joined BMW Blues Music Works under the direction of Big Al Leavitt. In 2002, Miss Freddie went on to form Blue Phase, 
And several years later, Miss Freddie started two bands, Miss Freddie's Blues Band, which was Electric Blues, and Miss Freddie's Home Cooking Band, Acoustic Blues, Classic Rock, and Gospel. Miss Freddie's influences include Coco Taylor, Etta James, Billie Holiday, Sarah Vaughn, Big Mama Thornton, Bessie Smith, and Big Al Leavitt. Her charity works include Relay for Life American Cancer Society, Pink Day in Leechburg, Pennsylvania for Breast Cancer Research Foundation, Sean Carnery's Blues for a Cure, local VFWs and American Legions, Toys for Tots, Homeless Veterans, Band Together Pittsburgh, and Sing to Stop Domestic Violence. She has won past blues competitions, the 2008 West Virginia Blues Society for Best Blues, and 2012's Blues Society of Western PA's Best Duo and Solo, or I'm sorry, Solo Act. In 2014, Miss Freddie was awarded the Star Award from the Pittsburgh VA Medical Center for her work with veterans. Oof. Miss Freddie. <laughs> Hi. What have you not done? <laughs> what have you not done? Uh, you... <laughs> As I was listening to you, I said, wow, that's a lot. I didn't realize I did all that. (laughs) I'm sure there is something I have not done yet. I will probably end up finding it, or it will find me eventually. Well, you know, the beauty of this show is that you don't have to look too hard for inspiration. Every person who comes on this show, we just get talking, we start thinking, we start jiving, and then you got a new song, a new book, a new something. So. You might find something you need to do tonight, and you might just walk off with a gold star idea. Absolutely. I'm hoping. (laughs) So tell me a little bit more about um, your influence in where you're from. So Pittsburgh, is Pittsburgh typically a blues kind of town? No. Are you kidding? (laughs) You know what? Well, that's why I'm asking the question. (laughs) Well, I have to say, whenever I have gone um, out of, you know, outside of Pittsburgh, like in the other states to perform, and people, you know, I let people know where I'm from, or they ask me where I'm from, and they're like, well, what's Pittsburgh know about blues? I'm like, really? I said, you got to remember, like, all the greats that came out of there, they started out doing a little bit of blues and then ventured in jazz and whatever else. Um, so Pittsburgh blues is it's, it's still hanging in there after all these years because we have a number of um, blues performers in Pittsburgh, local bands, and we have some national acts that you know they breeze through here on their tour. So um, blues is mm-hmm. still you know I say alive and well in Pittsburgh. That's just me. That's cool. Well, and you brought you brought a little bit of taste of you in there too. So. You know, people get a little bit of a different um, different style when when you when you perform. So that's really neat. So, what's your favorite place that you've performed? I have to be honest. There is a program called Music Smiles, and it's through the uh, mm-hmm. Sunny Pugar Memorial Fund. Sunny was a drummer out of Pittsburgh. Uh, he and his wife Annie had started this uh, organization, and unfortunately, Sonny passed away of pancreatic cancer uh, many years ago, and Annie kept it up. So she she um, she asked musicians to perform at local hospitals, nursing homes, the Children Institute, have you. My favorite place of all time that I've ever, 
out of my 25 years as a musician is our children's hospital here in Pittsburgh. I absolutely Mm -hmm. love it. And the last time I performed there was last year, a week before we had our lockdown here in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. And my very last song I did, I saw this little girl and her parents sitting on, um, out in the atrium on a couch that they had. And I said, I'm going to get her to smile into myself. And so I started singing and I went over with the microphone and she's like shaking Mm -hmm. her head. And then I just, I started dancing around and, you know, (laughs) she, she ended up joining with me and her parents were so, they, they thanked me. You know, I didn't have to know what was going on with the little girl. That's not why I'm there. I'm there to, like, you know, mm-hmm. give the music to the human spirit so it can take its mind off of all the other stuff that's going on. And that's always been my yeah. favorite place. Every single time that um, me and my, um, my home cook and band have performed there, you know, this <laughs> is what happens. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's my favorite place. <laughs> Sorry promoting oh, the vendor, I, I, but it's for the kids. <laughs> Right, right. Well, that's nice, too, because I think that's what every artist tries to do with their art is to um, give someone just a little bit of time to slip away into a different, um, I don't want to say reality, because that sounds a little bit more trippy than what I'm going for, but you get what I'm saying. You can slip away from your common day-to-day, you know, work nine to five, get home cooked, take care of the kids routine and you can you can do something different so that's so important and I think that's actually one of the things that I um really enjoyed uh, when I used to be really big into writing was that when people would pick up my book they're like man I couldn't stop reading it and you got me off of you know this that and the third for for a little bit and I you know I'm so happy so I really I really resonate and connect with it um Mm -hmm. when you do your charity work You've done a lot of charity works. Were you always so motivated to help others just selflessly like that? Um, I think when I was younger, I was very spoiled. I think I'm still spoiled, but it's not as bad. Um, It's (laughs) self-spoiled. That's just treating yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And I'm going to use that. Uh, but no, seriously, I um, I think as I became an adult, and when I used to see homeless people, like in my twenties, you know, my twenties, you know, we're we're partying, having a good time, but I would see people, and I have to see this, like who were less fortunate than me, and I'm saying homeless people. You know, and I, I would, you know, hand out, you know, money if I had it, a dollar or two, something. And then as I got older and I got into music, I realized that, you know, my very first time doing a benefit, singing, and it's for to raise awareness and to raise money at the same time, I'm like, this is so cool. I like doing this. And people appreciate you doing it. And so that's where that came out of. And plus, you know, I, I – I'm I'm 50% of my mom <laughs> in some ways, and my mom was always a charitable person. She didn't work, you know, like do charity work, but my mother was always given to the neighbor. She always give always gave to the neighborhood, mm-hmm. and she was known for that. You know, my mom um, 
she wouldn't take in people, you know, but if you needed to, you know, just chill out and relax, you know, come on in the yard, sit down, you know, and talk. That was my mom. And, um, you know, if you needed advice. So that was her way of giving. And so I I believe I have that because I, I'm going to tell you, I, I give myself every day to something or someone and, I don't expect anything in return. I think when I was in my 20s, I did. But as I got older, I said, you know what, it's really not about me. It's about helping people who need, you know, who really need help. And so, um, you know, I do it and I go my way. And then, you know, every year the, you know, the organizations will be like, okay, Miss Freddie, are you available to do this? And, and I really try very hard to maneuver my schedule to do the charity work. No, I mean, I, it's that's that's a hard balance too, especially burnout. Because um, people like us, see, I used to be like really big into volunteering and helping other people, and I think I poured so much into other people that I just got burned out with it because I knew I was being used. You know, have you ever felt mm-hmm. like that? Where, yeah, and you just after a while it loses its, its value and its taste, or at least to me it did. I'm not going to speak for you and and some of the other listeners, but um. Yeah, I I lost a taste for it, and I just now I I kind of do some things here and there, and mm-hmm. I don't uh, have the tenacity for it like I used to. How how do you feel about that? Have you been there before? Um, I've not been there before. I think <laughs> more so as a nurse, I kind of felt that in my in my job, but as a musician. Um, I've never really had that feeling because, number one, I really love getting out there to perform, no matter how bad my stage fright is. I have bad stage fright, trust me. Um, and then number really? two, like, oh, oh yeah, my stage fright is so bad. And I, and I get that, too. And I stopped telling people that. I said, I know you don't believe me. I'm not trying to. But going back to what we were talking about, um, yeah. I've never felt like that, but I have been burned out because working as a nurse, being a mom, and then um, now I have three bands. But even working with the two bands before I formed the third band, I had felt overwhelmed. I had felt like, okay, I can't do this. I'm like, okay, everybody, I, I felt like I was being pulled in different directions. And so when I did, but when I did the charity work, I kind of like took a step back and say, you know, I remember at one time I was in this situation because I'm a breast cancer survivor twice. So I'm right there every year doing the pink day in Leechburg. um, And Mm -hmm. I've done the relay for life through American cancer. So I'm right there because I've been a cancer survivor. So I'm right there and Mm -hmm. I deal with cancer patients right now. So, you know, I, I never have felt like that as far as the charity work. I've always felt well, that, you know, but, thank so goodness your, I'm able to do it. Yours is a little bit – I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but yours is a little bit different. No, 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 it, it, that was mm-hmm. that was That was personal to you, so that makes it totally right. different. Like, you know, there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a difference between um, doing it because it was a nice gesture or doing it because it was something that was personal to you. So I think for you right. that's actually your – um, your protective factor of burnout, right? Because you've been through that. You've you've already experienced that, and that you're you're a strong lady, man. I'll give it, I'll give you that. So I'm, I applaud you um, for real. Uh, 
And Thank you. I, I wanna Strength is not easy sometimes. It really isn't. So, but no, it's okay. It's not. <laughs> I keep telling people that too. I'm like, I am way too resilient for my own good. Like, I wish mm-hmm. I could have tapped mm-hmm. out a long time ago and. I just, I keep on ticking. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know why, but I just keep on ticking. I want to go back to... Because your um, job is not earlier. done on this earth yet. <laughs> oh, I wish it was. I want to put on my resignation. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I need a new job, man. I need, I need to retire. Um, I want to go back to what you said earlier about... Um, how you have stage fright, and if you could talk about that just a little bit, how do you combat that? Mm. <laughs> that was very hard to do at first, um, but about probably about probably been about ten years now ago, I had decided number one, this ain't all about me. People want to hear and see what I do, and they want to be entertained. So what I do now is I don't do it as much because, you know, I really try to give outpour of I love the music. I love that you all are here. We're going to put this all together, and we're going to have a great time. And I focus on the audience a lot without invading their personal space. But how I combat my stage fright is I pretend I'm one of those people in the audience, and I say to myself, Look, my friends told me about you. I took off of work for you. I have things to do. I paid this money. You need to keep me here at least an hour. Mm-hmm. I want to see what they're mm-hmm. all talking about because, frankly, I never heard of you. Oh, yeah, I do that to myself. And so I'm working because I've been through that with actual people in the audience that come up. People will come mm-hmm. up and say, like every single show I've noticed lately in the last several years, one person will come up and say, I never heard of you, so-and-so dragged me out the house. Oh, my God, you're like, I can't believe it. Or I never used to like blues. It's like, oh, my God, now you mm-hmm. made me a you know, blues fan for life. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So my job is done. That's, so that's how, how I really, you know, yeah, exactly. That's, that's, yep. Yep. My job is done. So, yeah, that's how I combat my stage fright. Before, when I first started in my first band, not so much. I sat behind the band, faced the wall, did that for a year, sat in a chair. (laughs) So while the band faced the audience, so, you know. We all have our ways of combating fear. Right, but uh, I'm just, I'm highly shocked because you just don't, you don't, you don't give that um, persona. So kudos to you for finding something that you could connect with that can, get you, you know, to do what, what, what you do. I mean, it's art. It's really good. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the blues, but, um, you know, I can, I can drive with your songs. I'd, I'd be there. So I, I definitely give you kudos. Um, I remember when I was growing up, I don't know if he's like blues or, or kind of what he is. So if I sound ignorant, I'm sorry, but, um, my mom used to listen to BB King when I was a kid. Oh Yeah. Definitely blues. That's my mom's favorite. Oh my god, nobody can uh, hear right? BB King. <laughs> oh, I I could not. Like she would just listen to it in the truck, and like every time, see, I'm getting goosebumps. Every time she was listening to the to BB King in the truck, like I can smell the the. She had this like really weird like gel scented candle thing that was like stuck mm-hmm. on her dash of this Jeep. 
Like I can see wow. the orange interior of the car and the and the mm-hmm. the cloth mm-hmm. seats that just you know held everything in the car. You'd have to sit there and vacuum it over and over. Like every time I hear these right. things, I'm, I'm I'm 13 years old driving to or you know getting pulled into school again. You know, so it's funny how music right. does that. <laughs> yeah, it does. Do what, what bands? Yeah. yeah. What bands do you have like that? You have any bands that are nostalgic in a way? Mm, you mean bands that I know of, local or international, um, or national? Any, actually, any music? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Well, growing up, I couldn't stand blues. I have to say that my mother listened to blues, my dad listened to country, and I'm like, who listens to that? To myself, I would never say that to my parents. <laughs> Um, but I'm trying to think, <laughs> I mean, I mean, seriously, that's how I saw that, you know, I'm like, uh, um, I'm trying to think, but the one that my mom, her second favorite artist growing up was Aretha Franklin. So my mm-hmm. mom had the one album that has her face on. It's real pretty. I never loved a, mm-hmm. uh, a man. And my mom would play Chain of Fools like it was nobody's business. It drove me. She would play that album. drove me crazy. Um, and so, you know, it stuck out. You know, it's like every time I heard it, I'm like, oh, okay. Because that's like Mustang Sally. Um, you know, yeah. that is, you know, I mean, Mustang Sally was a great song. When it was done, a lot of musicians have covered mm-hmm. it over the years. But it's like one of those songs that, okay, don't play that, you know. Do not say that because, you know, so-and-so down the road, we just heard them. Yeah. And so, but you have to appreciate it. But at the same time, yeah, Mm -hmm. every time, you know, I I listen to the radio or something and it's like, oh, we're going to take you back. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I wonder who they're going to play. And here it's Aretha Franklin and here it's Chain of Fools. That's very interesting. It's very, very interesting. (laughs) So, yeah, you know, and I can see that album cover that my mother had. You know, when I was growing up as a kid, yeah. so yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the second band, oh my goodness, Dave Matthews Band. You, are you a fan? Oh yeah, I'm familiar with that. Mm-hmm. I'm, sure I'm familiar with their music. Oh man, every time I'm in a bad mood, I listen to When the World Ends. Oh, like that just, mm, that's smooth. I mean, that's <laughs> that's that's some real smooth lyrics about. I mean, you can just feel the tension and the love in it. You know mm-hmm. that song. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. No, I'm not familiar with you that. Can feel song. the tension in that. Song. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. after the show, I want you to hear it because it to me it's part love song, part um, kind of like take my hand and 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 come with me, uh, and you'll be safe from what's gonna happen. Okay. Like very mystique, shadowy, and I think I think you'd like it. I, I don't know. I always like it if I'm in a. If I'm in a in a mischievous mood, I'll put it on, and people are like, "Uh oh, he's got he's got that song on." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Something's yeah. Happen. Yeah, and music, you're you're right. Music does that because I'm telling you, when I'm at work, I'm sitting at my desk, mm-hmm. and I've got a thousand mm-hmm. things going on, and it's like, okay, what's priority? What's going on? Okay, I got to worry about this patient because I got to keep following up on this patient, and I'll put my earbuds mm-hmm. in. And I'm like, for instance, today, well, I didn't have a chance to do it today because my phone kept ringing off the hook, but I'm okay with that. But like <laughs> there be days, what do I listen to? And people are surprised. They're like, really? Mm-hmm. I said, 
my go-to when I just want to relax is classical piano. And people are looking at me like, huh? I'm like, well, yeah. I said, I listen to rock. I listen to some country, blues, jazz. I said, I'm all over the map, Mm R&B, some hip-hop, some rap. But my go-to song, believe it or not, is um, uh, the band Portugal the Man. And my nieces and nephews look at me with the deer in the headlight. And I'm like, really? (laughs) I said, guys, I said, you're actually very talented. I said, I actually have them on my playlist in Pandora, you know, when Mm -hmm. I'm like, I just want to like, you know, just clear my head and just, you know, let things go and just, you know, go with it and keep it going. But another song mm-hmm. that I listen to is by, I hope I'm saying this name of the band or person right, is Lamatra, L-E-M-A-I-T-R-E. And I forgot how I found that person or that band. And it's a song called Closer. And mm-hmm. I turned that on. I, I accidentally had, you know, I took out my ear pods and it was playing. And my, my coworker turned around, she's like, you listen to that? I said, yeah, it's a pretty cool song. I said, it's one of those songs that get me going and all that. I said, so I have some, I have a few go-to songs, like some songs like way, 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 way back, you know, in the 60s and 70s, yeah. some in the 40s and 50s. And then I, you know, I move a little bit forward and, you know, there's some songs that I, um, yeah, that I like. So, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. It just depends upon you your know, mood, there's another what's uh, going pre- on. Yeah, there's another pretty cool song that I know. I think it's called Miss Freddy, Lady of the Blues. Have you ever heard that? Uh, I'm thinking I probably have, but I have to listen first. <laughs> I, I don't know who she is. I, 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 I don't know who she is. You know, I, I took time out of my night to talk to, to, to Miss Freddy. I, I don't know who she is. No, I, I'm still playing that through my head. I can't believe you do that to yourself. That, that takes a tenacity, man, but... No, I want to um, I want to play another one of your songs. I want to play Lady of the Blues. If that's okay. You want to give us Sounds a little good. bit of a of a of an intro on it before I play? Yeah, you, you know, like, oh, yeah. Right in? no, no, no. Lady of the Blues was written by Steve Nestor. Um, may he rest in peace. Um, he is a he was a pastor out of West Virginia. We met like some years ago at a festival, and he said, you know, he writes mm-hmm. songs. He was a musician. And so he came up with that because I don't want to be called a queen. I want to be called lady because, you know what, I can still be a lady and I can still be rough and tumble at the mm. same time. So that's where Lady oh, I need to get you with uh, Lady Redneck. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I need to get you with Lady Redneck. She said the same thing. She's like, I don't want to be a queen. I'm a lady. And I'm like, uh-oh, here it comes. She had to prep myself yep. for the night, too. I knew once I started seeing lady and miss, I was like, oh, shoot. Here it comes. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get rocked. No. <laughs> so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with uh, Miss Freddie. We're having a good time. This is off the chain. I am your host tonight, Ian Bush. Uh, Yvonne Mason is the typical host, but she got a little bit tied up tonight. And as she says, the show must go on, and that's what we're gonna do. So, we're gonna play uh, "Lady of the Blues," and we'll be right back in just a little bit. Blue, and that is why. And 
right, ladies and gentlemen. That was Lady of the Blues with our uh, guest tonight, Miss Freddie. That was pretty good. Woo, like, I had to take a little bit of a breather. Song. <laughs> I know. Every time well, that's I listen why, to that see, that's song, why I'm I, like, I said Miss wow. Freddie like that. Right. <laughs> that's why I said Miss Freddie like that. I was taking a breather. I was like, oof. All right. Dang. <laughs> like, I'm tired just listening <laughs> to you. Shoot. I know. So what's I your what? No, how dare it. It started going to the next song. That was a technical error on my part. I'm so sorry. Um, I was going to ask, what, what, how do you keep your energy up like that? What's your secret? Well, you got, you got a lot of cardio or something? What's going on? Um, my secret, well, I meditate. I try to meditate every day, every other, you know, or every other day for about 15 minutes to half an hour because that's what my time slots mm-hmm. will allow me. And then I mm-hmm. just, um, you know, I try to eat right. I walk. Um, and mm-hmm. I, um, I, I just kind of make sure I take time for myself. And when I say that, I mean, there's no family, there's no work, there's no music. I just take for an hour or if it's a whole day, I just do what I want. And I'm, and I make sure I'm comfortable at doing it. I don't feel guilty because I didn't answer that phone call about a gig. It's like, no, this is mm-hmm. about, and that's, but it, it took me years because I was one of those ones. I'm ripping and running all over creation. I'm doing this and doing that. And I'm like, you know what? Mm-mm, you can't do that. Because if you want to keep doing that, yeah. you got to care of yourself and just relax. Yeah. You know, And that's what I've been doing. That's, that's how I do it. And I don't get stressed anymore. I don't know what that's from because I used to be like, like, err, tense and like, you know oh, what, man. leave me alone. But I don't do it anymore. Right. I don't because life is too short. And I'm like, I don't have time to be, you know, angry all the time. Don't get me wrong. I'm not perfect. I do get angry, but I don't swear and be, you know, cussing people out and, you know, blowing up like that. I'm like, I just look at people, shake my head, go say a prayer. And I'm like, you know what? I'm moving on because I got other things to do. It <laughs> takes too much energy. It does. Because I noticed, I noticed when I was younger, I'd stay angry. I'm so angry. And I noticed, oh, my God, I said, no wonder, you know, I said, I'm shocked I didn't get gray hair by the time I was 30. I'm like, you know, because I was so tense all the time. I'm like, I can't do it. I'm not dying mm-hmm. of a heart attack. I'm not letting anything or anybody. And my motto is a song that I do called um, Don't Let Nobody Drag Your Spirit Down. And whenever I feel that coming mm-hmm. on, I play that song sometimes. It's on my playlist. Yep. And I tell people no matter what or who, don't let <laughs> nothing or nobody drag your spirit down. And it works. Well, for me, it works, Yeah, you know, but yeah. that's what I do, Ian. That, that, uh-huh. That's me in a nutshell. You're, you're giving me faith because I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, say there's an age gap. That's your Vaughn's favorite thing to do is remind the, the listeners that I'm just a, you know, late 20-something uh, boy on the street still. She doesn't say boy. That's that's rude. But you know what I'm saying. She she definitely yeah, I know. Lets, the, lets the listeners know that there's there's a little bit of a gap, but – um. Man, like you're giving me hope because I, I, I cannot get out of that mode. I, I think a lot of our listeners are in that mode too. I think COVID hyped it up. I think um, mm-hmm. just being frustrated yep. with the the status quo has done that. And um, yep. but you're, you're you're giving me hope, and I appreciate that. I need that tonight because I. Oh man, yeah, been... absolutely. Because I think I was I because there was a. Um, 
who was it? I was being interviewed by somebody, and it was a Zoom interview, and it was kind of interesting. And they talked about the lockdown mm-hmm. and COVID and then all this, the angst going on, you know, just the wild. I call it the wildness. Mm-hmm. I said, it's not the craziness. It's the wildness, you know, because people <laughs> just went, they just went wild all over creation. Like they, picked, they, they took paint and just splattered it, and there's no rhyme or reason behind it. But the, yeah. the host asked me, and I said, you know, and I had to think about it for a moment. I said, you know what? I'm going to have to tell you something. I think I was depressed because we were locked down. Yeah. I wasn't singing. You know, nothing was happening. And, yeah, you had the online, people doing online. And I did a couple online, but I said, it's not the same. So when I did my very mm-hmm. first singing out live this year was back in, I think it was April for a benefit show. <laughs> Oh, my God. And, and, and I started taking vocal lessons in January because I've never had vocal lessons. So my vocal coach was great. We were doing Zoom lessons. And then when I went out to sing, I believe it was April, OMG, I said, I was singing. I said, whose voice is that, by the way? Is that me? Was that, you know, I could hear myself through the monitor. It was insane. And I said, so I told the host, I think I was depressed. Because all of a sudden, my singing is yeah. different in every performance that I do, but I've always thought this, but I'm more so into it now. I act like it's my last gig, you know, like you may never yeah. see me anymore. So I do my performance like, okay, everybody, we're going to get into this. This is not me pretending, yeah. trying to make myself feel better. I said, we all just going to feel better, period. And and it's not easy, and I'm telling you, you have to work. If you want yourself to be I'm not going to say happy. I'm going to say calm because calm means a lot. Yeah. It means different. It means um, it, it's different meanings for people. It's open for interpretation. Yeah. You have to like just yourself out there, you know, do what I do. Pretend it's me in the audience and I'm talking to me and it's like, oh, you're, you're, you, you yeah. think you're tough, sister. I, I got you now. <laughs> I got you. You know, and I tell people it's not easy. There's days that I don't want to be bothered. I go into my corner and I just, I'm quiet because my coworkers know when I'm quiet and I put my door up in my office, that means something's going on with her. Leave her alone. She'll come out of it eventually. This ain't no all day thing. Um, Today was one of those things, actually. My coworker was off today, so I said, I'm closing my door a little bit. I'll open it whenever I want to come out or be bothered. And nobody asked me what's wrong. (laughs) Because they know this is me, like, I, and I don't do this often. This is maybe once every other month or something. I just want to be left alone. I got to concentrate. Things are on my mind. It's weighing me down. You know, give me my space. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm still alive and breathing. You know, just make sure I'm alive and breathing. Come in there, you know, ring my phone. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's, everybody got their way of how they deal with things in their life. But I'm telling y'all, I'm telling you. And our listeners, don't you let nobody drag your spirit down because it ain't worth it. It's just not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I'm I'm really uh, humbled that you are comfortable speaking so frankly about that because that's actually something that I've been doing for a long time. Um, I think I've been chronically depressed since I was about mm, seven ish. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there was, there was a lot of, um, you know, there were some good times, but there was a lot of not so good times. And I didn't recognize right. that I needed to start making a change until I think I was 24, 25. And I started making mm-hmm. a little bit of a change. And then, you know, life kind of 
kicked me in the in the. I won't say that. It 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 it, it, it swiped my feet out a little bit, and um, right. I think now I'm getting to the point where, um, you know, unknowingly, not not even knowing we were going to talk about this tonight, I've been telling a lot of people like, I refuse to enter thirty living the same lifestyle because I've already lived almost 23 years of just not really thriving, not really living, just surviving, like just, um, you know, trying to get out of bed in the morning. And actually, that, you know, Yvonne and I have actually talked about that. That's why she kind of brought me back on the show because she, she saw it and she's like, man, like, I remember, I remember that boy back in Battle Creek. Not, why do I keep saying boy? <laughs> I've done that twice. Doesn't <laughs> call me a boy, but you know she always says I'm her. You know um, you like can't say that when you son, get sixty, but... right? You can't you can't say that when you're in your fifties or sixties because you know then people will look at what? you as a deer in the headlight. Look, it's calling yourself a boy. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, and, yeah, you know she's I like I remember that. Said... I remember that kid. He was hungry. Yeah. You know he was hungry yeah. and yeah. he was he was mm-hmm. going after it mm-hmm. and then it just. Hmm. And that yes, happens. That's called a roadblock, my generation. Yeah, because that's interesting you say that because, you know, I had my oldest when I was 22 because I've, I've always wanted a child. I always wanted a family. So yeah. it wasn't like I got pregnant, you know, on a, on a fly. That's, that's not what happened. Right. Um, so I had him at 22, and it, it was a great time. I loved being a mom. You know, I was young. I was at the, And then when I woke up one day, 25, because I was out partying. You know, I had my mom and then mom his other grandmother taking care of him. So, you know, weekends, I went on party with my friends. I was having a good time. And 25 something, I just woke up out of my sleep. I'm 25. I'm a quarter century old. I cannot keep doing this when I'm in my 30s, 40s, and 50s. If I live that long, I'm like, I got to get going. So I was already a medical assistant, but so then I got into nursing school. But then that's strange you say about 30 because I said to myself, okay. I was still, you know, I was partying a little bit, having a good time. But I said, mm-hmm. I got I to do something to show for it. I got to do something to leave my mark. I'm like, I am not. Mm-hmm. I kind of felt like the way you did, I'm not going in my 30s, you know, think I'm all that in a bag of chips and I have nothing to show for it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to necessarily be materialistic. And so I finished nursing school in 30. I was happy. I started working, you know, and then I said, my mother always said, you know, no matter how much money you make, make sure you take, you do something for yourself. If you buy yourself a pair of underwear, mm-hmm. if you buy yourself a bottle of lotion every day. And so what I started mm-hmm. doing was I said, I've never flown in an airplane. I, so I started going to the Caribbean <laughs> every year. Yeah. I did that every single year of my life, except for the first year when I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, and then the last yeah. time I've been to the Caribbean was a few months before 9-11 in 2001. Every year I was going to the Caribbean, I loved it. And I would go by myself. I didn't take nobody with me. I'm like, oh, this is for me. And then the only person who went with me is my youngest in 2001. Yep. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was it was, it was like – I earned this. I worked for it. I'm not being selfish because I made sure the home was taken care of, the kids were taken care of. Yeah, so, oh, yeah, you got to do something for yourself. People may look at you and say, well, why did you run? I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I worked my butt off. Right. 
you know. Right. And I'm thankful well, and they look at for your success, I got this but they don't look at the stress. Exactly. Yeah, they look at your success. Yeah. They don't look at the stress. They've been they've been doing that to me for years. Like, oh man, you got your bachelor's degree and you got this beautiful little girl. I'm like, yeah, you understand. Like, I haven't had a family since I was like, <laughs> like 26. Like, yeah. I've been still trying to build a family at almost 30, and it's sometimes I get a little faint glimmer of like, oh man, this is it. Like, this is the family. And then sometimes I just wake up and I'm like, well, that was a fun couple of weeks. Like, right. And it just kind of depends. And, you know, I always keep in the back of my head, you know, and, and I can't say it enough, you know, no matter what or who, don't let nothing or anybody drag your spirit down. And the one thing um, that I really pride myself on because you know, I used to be a preceptor, like someone who take on the new um, the new nurses that would come on the floor, or like if we had nursing mm-hmm. students, they'd be scared to death. I'm mm-hmm. like, I know, I know how that feels. I said, but why did you get into this? Like, you have mm-hmm. no idea the vast knowledge and how you can build off of your fear, build off of your anger in a positive way. Just, you know, that little glimmer of hope. I tell people. You know, look at that little glimmer of hope. What can you build off of it? Name five things that you could get a positive thing out of it. If you can name five things, it's like, okay, take one of those five things that you can name off of that one little glimmer of thing and add five more and keep doing it. And you'll be like, oh, wait a minute. And then you stop (laughs) to realize, oh, wait a minute, hold on. You know, but but it's not easy because a lot of people don't want to put the work into it, and I get it because I was like, I'm like, oh, really? Do I got to do this? You got to be kidding. But at the end of the day, I'm like, well, it ain't going to be handed to you on a silver platter, sister. What's the matter with you? Mm -hmm. So, you know, but but um, I love life, and that's where the music comes in. Yeah. No, and you can hear it, too. And actually, I'm thinking – this next song we're going to play, we're going to hear it really clearly. So we're going to play Freight Train, if that's okay with you. You want to you want to give us a little bit of an intro on that song before we go? Oh, yeah. Freight Train Blues, y'all, was co-written by myself and a friend out of West Virginia, Mr. Mike Lazanga. And Mike actually presented the majority of it to me like some years ago. And when I was trying to put this album together, he's like, you know, I said, oh, yeah. So, and I love this. I, I love it because it reminds me of like the roots of my family because both my parents are from the South. So this fits perfectly as far as who I am, you know, as a musician, although I was born and raised in the North, you know, I still have those Southern roots. So I love this song. Plus it's one of those, you know, get up and jump jive, let's dance kind of songs too. All right. Well, we're going to jump and get up and jive with it and we're going to play it. So this is, off the chain, uh, your host, Yvonne Mason, had some other events that she had to attend to today. Uh, so she gave me the reins and said good luck. And we're doing our best. I'm here with Miss Friday, and we're going to listen to her song, Freight Train. Here it comes. <laughs>
Miss Freddy, that was some freight train blues. That was some hard, hard stuff right there. That, that made me want to get up and dance. <laughs> so we're and still... actually, I, I was moving in my room dancing, so I'm back now. Were you? <laughs> yes, That's I good. Was. I'm glad. We were dancing together. We didn't even know it. So you got you got good feet. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Can you believe that we are at our 10 minute mark for the night? No, I can't believe it. I mean, we were, like, really having a conversation, weren't we? And I love it. We were. That's off the chain for you. You don't even know what you're going to get when you come on here. Shoot, we talked about childhoods and music and mental health, and we've we've gone all over the place. Obviously, we talked about your songs, too, and, you know, I I really do uh, give you kudos. I can can feel your energy in them. So uh, I really appreciate you producing what you produce and – I really appreciate the type of person you are. I think um, a lot of the listeners needed a little bit of a pick-me-up, and um, I think you gave it to them. So I appreciate that, and I hope that, uh, you know, you keep being a light in the world because you, you definitely were a light tonight. So. Oh, thank you, and I appreciate it. And please keep doing what you're doing. And, you know, I'll tell you and, and anyone out there, I even, you know, um, I think this just, came with the territory being a musician, a nurse, and a mom, and just, you know, listening to people. Because like I said, I was a spoiled something growing up, but I don't believe that. That's what I was told. I'm like, oh, no. Nah. <laughs> but, you know, but Me? seriously. No. You know, I know, right? <laughs> um, but it's my, but it's my, it's my position in life to listen to people, you know, and when you listen to people, a lot of things I can relate to. There's a whole lot of things in this life I can relate to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, oh, I yeah. tell people, I can't, you can't be like me, but why don't you mm-hmm. be you and find, you know, find that little glimmer, you know, that little something and build, like I said, five things, five, five things that you can build off of it. And you'd be surprised, and yeah. the next thing you know, you keep building this, you know, like I said. So um, it's all about just listening and just respecting and just, you know, um, you know, hold your standards up high. You don't have to lower your standards. You know, hold them up high. You know, you're not going to hurt nobody. You're going to only hurt yourself when you lower your standards, you know. Um, oh, yeah. And when I say your standards, your standards could be anything. You could be the type of person, you know. For instance, um, let me see. What's one of my standards? Uh, okay, I don't have any right now, but <laughs> but no. Her standards went out the window thing, a long time ago. No, I'm I know, they, they, they left me long ago. Sorry, y'all. Yeah. No, yep. but seriously, you know, find is right. But no, but seriously, you know, um, you know, just find something that you know. Okay, I think I deserve more of that. And it's not a selfish oh, thought. It really is. And if anybody tells you it is, they're wrong because it's not. You know, just find something. But, yeah, I, I really appreciate the um, 
the time and the interview. And listeners out there, I love y'all. I know I don't know y'all individually, <laughs> but this I say this at all of my shows. And you should see the audience. They'd be like, she, Miss Freddie's telling you, she does love you, you know. Um, and I do, you know, because, um, like I said, what I do is not mine to keep, you know. It's not. Yeah. So if I was given this gift to go out and sing, to go out and be a nurse, you know, I have to give. I have to give of myself and, you know, not worry about, well, what do I get in return? Because the returns come automatically. You'd be surprised. They come automatically. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, no, and I've I've seen it once or twice in my life, but the Sanders thing is what I've been slacking on lately. I've been, you know, I, I think you put so much hope into something for it to work, and when it doesn't, it's just like I'll just keep one more day, one more day, just keep hope for another day, and it you know gets to a point. You, Yep, it's just old yeah, and you get tired of it. And it's like, when do right? When do I get a break? You know, and and I have felt like that, yeah. and I still feel like that. But in the same token, it's yeah. like, okay, let me take a look back for a minute. I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, that happened. Oh yeah, that happened. Oh god, See, it's that funny happened. too because I said that tonight. I said that tonight, mm-hmm. and I bet you some of the mm-hmm. listeners are people that I know, and they're all like, <gasps> like that jerk, and it's like, hey man, shoe fits. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, I'm staying out of that Sorry. thing, y'all, because that's between you and yeah, right. but, you. Know, that's what, right. but, you have my back. But you said don't let no one take your right. spirit. I got, I, got you, I, got, I got your back. Right. You're right. So like, nothing will make you have your spirit down. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, you just have to remember, I, I am not promised tomorrow, just like you are not and nobody. And I tell everybody, you know, and my, my whole thing, I used to go to bed, I was an angry young woman, like in my 20s. When I say young, I say 20s, okay? Y'all don't know, I might be in my 40s, and that's all far as I'm going. But seriously. <laughs> We're not going to um, say it. <laughs> oh, I don't care. I can tell you, my children are old. <laughs> um, so uh, they don't mind me telling their age. They don't care. Um, but the one thing that I have learned, and I feel better in the morning, is I don't go to bed angry. Because I remember I used to go to bed angry. I used to argue with um, my ex, the father for my children, a lot. And I used to, ugh, anger, anger, anger. I would wake up with headaches. I said, oh, heck no, I'm not dying of a stroke or a death. So I just kind of channeled a way to, you know, filter out all that anger, and I feel better. Like, I don't go to bed worrying about nothing. I just don't. I'm like, Why? This is my time. But you know what I mean? My working. time to sleep and relax. Yeah. I said, let me have some, like, nice dreams or something. If I have a nightmare about Godzilla, then, okay, that's on me, you know. Hannah Ben is watching right. Godzilla. But but that's just the way it is. It, you know, everybody's different. Just, you know, just find your, um, you know, just find your muse. If you're your own muse, yeah. then that's cool. And actually, funny enough, so what we do on uh, Off the Chain is we typically um, give the last five minutes or so for the wisdom of the night. But um, I-, I would like to potentially say that what you just gave was some pretty deep wisdom, unless you have something else that you want to communicate directly to the listeners. Um, now would be your time if you just have a nugget of wisdom or anything like that. Um the last thing that I can say, and it's real short, is, you know, uh, remember every day, show yourself some self-respect and some self-love. 
you that is so important you're not being selfish you know you're taking care of you make sure you take care of you because if you don't take care of you you can't take care of nothing else on this planet you think you might be doing it but you ain't doing it because you didn't take care of you you know you didn't look back and say come here i got to take care of you so that's my that's my takeaway for that no, that's so important too, because you're your own, you know. At the end of the day, you 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 can have whoever you want, but um, at the end of the day, like it's only you. And if you can't look in the mirror, then you know that's that's your problem. I think actually that's another thing I've been struggling with lately is um, you know trying to trying to top on your on your thing is that um, I haven't been my own friend in a long long time. Um, Somebody actually told me that, that, you know, hey, Ian, Ian Bush is kind of a cool dude. And I just looked at him funny. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who? Mm-hmm. Another mm-hmm. Ian Bush? And they're like, no, I, I think um, I think you got so invested in, in the next whatever and the next whatever and being this and doing that that you forgot that he was a cool dude. And you should probably be a good friend to him, too, just like he has been to me. And, man, talk about another gut punch. So I think that's um, – I'll add on to yours by saying just be a good friend to yourself even if you don't know how. Um, yep, I'm still learning if it. you don't know how. <laughs> yep, listen, listen to yourself. You know, and that goes for everybody out there. Listen to yourself. Listen to yourself mentally, spiritually, and physically. Because yeah. I'm telling you, yeah. all those come into play and emotionally. Because the emotional self yeah. can be a hot mess if you let it. <laughs> and well, it will take we, uh, over – everything yeah can we uh bring you back on the show at some point get get you and Yvonne back in touch and um I hope I did 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 a good job in her shoes for you tonight and did her proud so (laughs) we want to bring you back though um I'll I'll speak on behalf of her would you be willing to come back and, and continue these conversations with us Absolutely, absolutely. I would love to come back. Um, I am honored. And I want you and the listeners to go listen to my latest um, single that um, that was released back on April 24th called Something to Believe in. Listen to the words and make sure you listen to it till the very end. And, um, <laughs> you know, cause of what we're all going through. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what the person down the street is going through. So it's something for everybody to, you know, like, just listen to it. Well, you heard her. So the show's done in one minute. Listen to Miss Freddie. She demands your attention to go listen to the song. So on behalf of Yvonne Mason, I've been very honored to host tonight's show um, off the chain, and my name is Ian Bush. Our guest tonight was Miss Freddie, and ladies and gentlemen, I think we did uh, good justice today going off the chain, talking about the subjects that really matter, and getting our uh, indie artists out there. So if you could, join us next week on Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, as we have a new host. I think Yvonne's going to come back, but if not, you get to hear me again, and the show will always go on. And as Yvonne always says, we love you, we appreciate you, and you just keep on keeping on, and we bid you a good night. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and until next time, have a good one.